Welcome to Future Extraordinaire. I'm Amit Mira, President of Asia Pacific and Japan and Global Digital Cities with Dell Technologies. And I'm Daniel Margie, VP of Presales, also with Dell Technologies. We are optimists, we love technology, and we believe future is amazing. We are helping to uncover the opportunities and possibilities, the skill and talent that are needed, and the progress that we can drive with the technology, data, and the indomitable human spirit. And with industry leaders, subject matter experts, and influencers joining us as guests, we will deep dive into the latest, coolest technologies, discuss new realities, the impact on Asia Pacific region, and provide refreshing perspectives. We want a future that is full of hope, that is fair and just, a future that is extraordinary. Welcome to another episode of Future Extraordinaire with me, Amit Mehta, and my co-host, Daniel Margi. DBS, Singapore's biggest bank, has been named best bank in the world by financial publication Global Finance in 2020, making the third consecutive year it has been recognized through various awards as the top global bank. What are the factors driving DBS success and what went on behind the scenes for its own digital transformation? And why is the bank emphasizing on gender diversity? Danny and I are excited to have with us on this podcast someone we highly admire. She challenges stereotypes and is a dreamer and a doer. So Siu Chu, Managing Director, Group Head of Consumer Banking, Big Data, AI Technology, and DBS Bank uh, at Singapore. So welcome to the podcast, Siu Chu. Thank you very much, Amit and Danny. So let me start by something uh, about you. So um, tell us a, a bit about your career journey. I mean, I, I can tell, um, you know, your career trajectory for sure, but it might be good to hear from you on how your journey been and how what inspired you to pursue this field. Sure. Thanks, uh, Amit. So I have started my uh, studies uh, in uh, the computer science uh, at National University of Singapore um, back in the 1990s. Uh, upon graduating from uh, the university, actually, I applied to be a developer in uh, banks as well as tech companies. But uh, finally, I got accepted into a bank. Uh, and that uh, there began my journey uh, of uh, more than two and a half decades now uh, in, in banks. Uh, you know, I, when, when I first started, actually, uh, I was uh, very privileged because I was given opportunity to work uh, in uh, uh, what we call the um, core banking environment where, you know, we... It is the system that actually holds everything uh, uh, that the bank offers to the customers uh, at JP Morgan. Uh, in, in, at JP Morgan, actually, I spent around two decades in various uh, positions, um, you know, starting with a role as a developer in Singapore, followed by actually uh, a stint in uh, Tokyo for about four years, and then about nine years in Hong Kong. And finally, I'm back here in Singapore uh, in the last six years uh, with the uh, DBS Bank. So all along in my career, I have been working in banking and in technology, especially in uh, application delivery part of uh, banking across various domains, starting with investment banking, then corporate banking, and now uh, the consumer banking, as well as the big data and AI. So Suchu, that's an amazing story. Great to hear that you've had such a, an interesting career as uh, part of the technology sector, but also in financial services. Um, now, one of the things that we've we've noticed is there's uh, definitely a focus on diversity and inclusion and how it's delivering business value to organizations. 
Uh, a recent study by the Boston uh, Consulting Group and Singapore Infocom Media uh, looked at women in Southeast Asia, particularly in uh, those that are focusing on tech, and they found that women accounted for around 32% of the region's tech sector workforce. Uh, but in comparison to the globe, it's 28%. So Singapore is slightly ahead. Uh, you know, it's not a very large marginal difference. But what do you think Singapore is starting to do right with regards to the future of uh, bringing more diversity into the workforce uh, in comparison to their counterparts around the world? I would say that uh, thanks to the Singapore government, uh, you know, there are many big initiative, starting with the smart nation that is actually propelling the uh, importance of STEM, uh, you know, in the workforce. So naturally, that is a great magnet to attract many, uh, you know, and many people into this, uh, this discipline. And I think that helped uh, to a certain extent to expose, uh, you know, the, the female gender in, into this, uh, this industry. Um, I think secondly, you know, we know that uh, Every industry is becoming a tech industry these days, uh, as compared to maybe you know two decades ago. So again, the the career opportunity that is available, the jobs, open roles that's available, I think is one of the big uh, big uh, propeller in terms of um, you know women joining this particular discipline that in the past maybe um, you know may not be uh, quite a, quite an attractive uh, option for for them uh, for one reason or another. And uh, finally, I think many um, organizations, uh, not just in Singapore, but I think globally, have started to realize that, um, you know, in, in becoming a, a, a digital company, the seamless client experience is, uh, is quite important. And um, we know that the world is made up of 50-50 uh, men and women. So in order for you to create a, a, a great product or service, uh, you need to make sure that uh, your workforce is uh, adequately represented by, you know, the target users that you are aiming for. And hence, the participation of uh, women, uh, you know, in, in a balanced way across all the roles is, uh, is quite important. So I think all of this combined, um, you know, led to, you know, I think some more progress in terms of representation of women in the tech sector in, in Singapore, at least. So, so that's a pretty interesting point. Is this... So, so should the organizations go after gender diversity just because of um, representation, or do we think this is a business imperative? I fundamentally believe that uh, we should not go for something just for the sake of it. Um, I think uh, great representation and uh, diversity is a good business uh, in itself. So, you know, in in trying to uh, make sure that, um, you know, whatever you do as a company um, adequately represent all voices, uh, I think that is a bis good business call and it will eventually lead to the case that uh, your product and services are, are relevant to everyone you're trying to serve and uh, that you will be able to get the most innovative idea uh, because of your diverse um, representation. So with, with a great, you know, you know um, representation and, and a diverse uh, outlook, uh, you know, innovation and creative will, will come and, and that's no, we know that that will lead to uh, the long-term survival of uh, any company. That's that's quite an interesting point um, because I certainly believe that diversity is a business imperative, you know. Um, I think in the new context of our society, people are looking for, you know, a who are they dealing with, 
you know, how, how sustainable is the uh, environmental records or how sustainable is the organization from a diversity perspective. So I think I believe when we invest in DNI, we invest in the future, communities prosper, economies thrive, and next-gen leaders, um, you know, uh, bring the leads with, with lead, the, lead the organization with purpose. So, I mean, I certainly have a daughter who's... Um, who's um, wished to grow up and live in an environment where, where, you know, she has equal opportunities unaffected by gender or race. But that said, I think it is, it is something that, um, that, that, that companies must embrace because that's what the next generation consumer and customers are going to demand. So thanks for, uh, thanks for sharing that uh, with us, uh, Suchu. Now, uh, the other piece I had is that what inspired you to be in the technology field and what else can we do from education system or otherwise to have more women in the technology area or in the science area? What else should be done in your mind as you look back, look back yourself a few decades back and see how would you inspire the aspiring young women in school to be really thinking about STEM as the future and STEM as their career? For me, actually, um, I, I did what I was uh, passionate about. Uh, so since at a, since a young age, I was very passionate, passionate about mathematics, logic, and anything that can make uh, big changes that can uh, make the impossible possible. So, you know, this passion, actually, I was lucky because uh, I was supported by my parents. Uh, they didn't, you know, need to me to become a lawyer or a doctor. You know, because even though at that point in time, uh, two decades ago, those were the, you know, very highly paid uh, profession, they, they allowed me to pursue computer science as a, as a discipline of my study. So um, I think parents definitely has a, has a great role to play. Going after your own passion, do what you love and what you are good at, uh, I think is, uh, is important. But, uh, you know, as I joined the workforce, I again was uh, quite fortunate because I met with a uh, many bosses and uh, colleagues who actually uh, never look at me as, as a woman, but uh, look at me as somebody, uh, you know, who can uh, do things and uh, solve problems. And uh, they actually were willing to, you know, uh, give me various challenges that's out there for me to prove myself. So I think the, uh, you know, the willingness for uh, of all the my previous managers and uh, colleagues uh, to support me um, was one, one of the key factors uh, in, in terms of uh, getting me to where I am today. And and so you think how much it has changed? Are the young girls thinking about career in STEM or in technology, uh, you know, much more as a priority? Or is it similarly that influencers like parents have such a big influence on the, their decisions and girls are still not thinking about STEM as the first choice for themselves? I would say, um, I think two aspects. One, if I look at, uh, you know, how many girls were there in, uh, in the computer science department of NUS when I first started uh, two decades ago versus now, um, the percentage increase is uh, quite uh, low. And uh, therefore, you know, if I look at the two decades old, I would say that the progress has been glacial. But um, I think in terms of the progress in the last, last five to eight years, probably, Maybe it has uh, accelerated a, a lot more due to the fact that uh, every industry, as I said, uh, is recognizing themselves to be a tech industry and hence this uh, discipline become a so-called popular uh, discipline to, to pursue. And uh, parents are starting to, to wake up to the idea that uh, you know, computers are not just for the boys, uh, 
like the mindset uh, maybe two, two decades ago, but uh, it is for everybody. So, you know, they are starting to, to actually encourage their, their children to go into maybe the engineering discipline and, and, and so on. So, so I think we are seeing a great progress in the last couple of years. Um, but, uh, you know, I think a lot more needs to be done. Uh, you know, the, the so-called um, preconception, uh, the prejudice, uh, the unconscious bias uh, definitely is uh, still there. And I think everyone can still do a, a lot more to remove all those uh, biases. No, that's a very good point. So what can corporations do to, to improve the, the, the mix and the diversity in the organization and particularly the inclusive culture that you talked about? What can corporations do? And, and, and you have reached the top of the, 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 the hierarchy within DBS. How are you encouraging both more women in your organization, in DBS, but also creating a culture that removes this unconscious bias? I think it, uh, the most important thing starts with uh, awareness. I think we need uh, each and everybody to be aware that um, they need to play a part in this agenda. And, uh, you know, championing diversity is not uh, just a nice thing to have, but it is a moral obligation from everyone. So that's the first thing. I think second thing is to... Make sure that everybody uh, has the humility to admit that, um, like it or not, I think according to one of the study from Yale, um, they had this implicit association test. According to this test that was carried out on many people, 95% of the people has some sort of unconscious bias. So I think, you know, of course, you, you might belong to the 5%, but chances are you're going to belong in the 95%. So, you know, we recognize that each of us has some sort of unconscious bias and, uh, you know, take um, some effort to, to recognize that and uh, try to cause correct uh, whatever preconception that you may have in terms of this, uh, this area. So if we can uh, build this awareness amongst all the people, the decision makers, the, the board, you know, the managers and so on, I think, you know, it will, play a, a, it will provide a, a plat sustainable platform for, for us to actually ensure that we have a long-term uh, view in terms of, um, you know, participation by the various uh, gender. Um, I think for, for me, actually, you know, I have been championing this agenda at DBS, uh, especially the Women in Tech agenda, for some time. And I think, you know, uh, one of the key things I want to, to I, I think it's quite, uh, it's working quite well, is, you know, the diversity is uh, quite a sensitive topic and, and, Typically, people are quite hesitant to be part of it because uh, they might feel that they are isolating the others if um, if they are championing a certain certain things. So, you know, we, we need to create an environment that uh, make them uh, feel, feel safe, first thing. Second thing is that, um, that uh, we share with them how, how they can contribute. Uh, they don't have to do a very, very big thing. They can start with some very small things. So what we did uh, at DBS is uh, to come up with a list of what you can do as an ally in this uh, gender diversity agenda. You can firstly, maybe you can go and buy a book and read that book. You can uh, watch a movie. You know, actually, I recommend one movie called uh, On the Basis of Sex. That uh, actually is a story of uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the su Supreme Justice that has just uh, passed away recently. So that is a very, very good movie. And, uh, you know, if the people were to spend some time to watch that movie, they realize, hey, you know, there is uh, quite a lot of biases that is going on. Uh, in, in That movie is about the olden days, but I think these days uh, there are still some sort of such bias. And of course, if you, you, if you are more brave, you can actually set some targets for your own department. 
you can say that you 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 would like to achieve certain ratio of uh, gender representation in your own department. Yeah, those are, are some of the things that you can do, but you can start with small or big things. It's an interesting point you raise there. And um, one of the things that we've seen is that that risk of, of putting putting a metric out there. Um, one of the things we've noticed is uh, DBS, your your employer today, have quite a, a very large representation or a, and you might argue, not large enough representation of women in senior management. But And then I've also seen some of the initiatives that come out from um, DBS around how you're doing hackathons to try and drive awareness of women in tech and what can be done there. My question to you is when you, is it, is it taboo? Have you, what have you seen the reaction be from candidates that recognize that companies are, are out there putting, you know, a goal in mind, uh, which certain percentages of females in, uh, in leadership roles or females in the, the work environment or, you know, getting that balance. Uh, Have you seen the reaction? Is it seen as good, bad? What, what's your feedback? Actually, uh, coming from the experience of a recent uh, virtual hiring event focusing on women in tech that we just completed uh, last week, actually, we had uh, more than 600 applicants and we ended up actually inviting 200 to the Saturday for a virtual in- interview. These people come from more than 16 countries. And some of the feedback we got from these uh, people who, who that we have met actually is that they, they are extremely uh, happy and actually to a certain extent they are surprised because some of them came from... Uh, you know, the U.S., Canada, and, and so on. And they said they, they are very surprised that we are going so big in terms of, uh, you know, increasing our representation of women in, in tech. So, but they, they are, uh, you know, pleasantly happy. Uh, having said that, I think I would say that whether it's men or women, uh, we want to make sure that, uh, you know, people are selected based on their skill and, and values. They are not selected because they are a man or a woman. For a particular role so that is the fundamental thing that we we comply with i, I said to my team you know you uh, we don't even though this is a recruitment drive for female uh, we don't lower our standard or give any special preference because he or she is a female we will still evaluate every single candidate according to the skill and the values that we want uh, and same standard as you were to evaluate a man so that that is the big difference no, that's great. Um, one other topic I wanted to chat with you is that as I'm, I'm reading about your profile, I mean, you practice 30 minutes of Qigong every day. The weekend you do the flow with yoga, um, you know, physically fit. Could you share with our listeners how you achieve full potential? How do you, you know, lead um, organization and how do you... Um, get your own performance and your own engagement and your own capacity and capability to the highest levels? I think, uh, you know, as I was just sharing earlier, um, it is always a very busy day. There's always a hundred things coming at you. Uh, I think this is uh, life in this era, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, maintaining a great health, maintaining a very uh, uh, kind of active mind and body is, uh, is very important. So that's the reason why actually I make it a point to, to practice uh, Qigong because uh, that actually helps in the mindfulness. Mindfulness is, is very important, especially in this time when we are being, you know, the, the notification is going off every single second, you know, maybe 10 notifications at one go. So how do you cope with all of this? Uh, you you got to be very, very mindful in terms of all of this. Uh, you you got to be very, very mindful in terms of, uh, you know, take on. So 
keeping a healthy, uh, active, uh, and sound body and mind is, is very important. And, and how, how are you passing the elevator down or how are you sending it back? So there are so many people who may have helped you along the way. Um, and how are you helping others who, who, who may need the help that you needed or, you know, all of us needed? I mean, this is a, something that, that I think about as well. So I'm certainly interested in, you know, how do we build the next gen Suchu? And same thing as I think about myself, how do I build the next gen Amit and hopefully somebody better than me and so on and so forth. But certainly I'm interested in your philosophy in that perspective. Yeah, as I said, you know, uh, in my entire entire career, I've been very privileged to meet uh, with uh, people who, who will give me opportunity regardless of my background, you know, my age, uh, you know, who I am and what kind of experience I, I have or don't have, uh, there has never been a barrier. I have been given a lot of opportunities where I have zero experience. Uh, I have been given uh, a, a lot of opportunities even though I was the youngest person in the entire team. So, you know, this actually propelled me to, to ensure that I have no preconception about what a person can or cannot do. Uh, we should not have any judgment around, you know, you must have this ABC experience in order for you to be able to uh, come into this role, you must be of this age and this kind of background in order to, for you to be given this particular position. Uh, and that actually drove me to, to always uh, be very open to accept anyone into my team um, and, and to, to actually create a team that is as diverse as possible. As possible. I have a team of, uh, you know, currently 15 direct reports and uh, when I was counting their nationality, actually, they come from nine different uh, countries. And, uh, you know, they come from many different different industries, the startups and so on and so forth. So, you know, um, I, I make it a point because of the opportunity and the privilege I have been given to be very open to, to everyone. Um, and, and that helps uh, to create a, a, an innovative thing, frankly speaking. So congratulations for all your success and all your accolades and, you know, including your organization's accolade of DBS being the best bank. And um, I would like to switch over to the business side uh, in a minute. But, uh, but the last question I would say is that the can technology be a solution to reduce the gender inequality? Yes, I think two things. Um, the fact that we are depending on technology for a lot of things is a good thing because uh, you, uh, you don't uh, differentiate yourself based on how strong physically you are anymore. So I'd like to quote Jack Ma in one of his recent uh, uh, you know, speech. He, he said that uh, in this era, the digital era, you know, all men and women are, are equal because uh, you know, um, the, the technology uh, is, uh, has no bias in terms of physical strength or whatsoever for, for, for any gender. So, so I think technology will help in that way. Secondly, is uh, AI is, is one of the key, uh, key topics I'm very interested in. I think AI um, can help a lot in terms of uh, removing the bias. Of course, AI can introduce the bias too, but I, I hope to think that actually organizations and people will use uh, data and AI to remove the, the past biases that were there um, because AI is increasingly used to make decisions about what you get to do or you don't get to do, what you are given, what job, what credit card limits and so on. So I think, you know, as organization, it, you know, if we pay attention to, to the fairness component of uh, AI, we can use AI and data to correct the past biases that were already there in the, in the data. And hence, uh, to remove the, the, the bias uh, towards the, the female gender.
That's that's great. So um, so final question for me, which is, what message or advice would you give to all the aspiring women and girls who are thinking of choosing technology as their career and as their future? Um, I would say that firstly, you must uh, you you must be passionate about technology in order for you to to excel. So make sure that it's something you're passionate about. You're not not choosing it because of whatsoever other reason. Um, and if, if that's your passion, you know, have no doubt about uh, what you can do with technology. Um, go after your passion and uh, be fearless. Right. So great note for young, inspiring STEM students or people of non-STEM students and where they might be coming from. Um, we want to do a little bit of a segment here called This Moment in BizTech. In November of 1852, Ada Lovelace who had been referred to as the prophet of the computer age, called the worst, she was called the world's first computer programmer, passed away in November 168 years ago. But her legacy lives on as one of the world's greatest mathematicians, died at a very young age of 36. Probably inspired many people uh, to, to build uh, uh, these new capabilities that we all know and, and probably take for granted for today. But I guess my my question to you and something I want to wrap up on as well is who was the first person that inspired you to get into this wonderful industry of tech? Mm, I would say that, uh, you know, um, is my, my brother. Uh, I think, you know, my, my brother is, uh, is a very uh, humble person, but uh, he has been uh, also a, a great role model for us. Um, uh, you know, he, he has a, great um, uh, passion for for technology and uh, you know I, I just uh, follow his uh, footpath in terms of, of that thank you so much Su Chu please join us for a second part of this podcast where Su Chu will share her insights on digital banking thanks for joining us on Future Extraordinaire with the community that we are reaching we hope that together we will build a future that is extraordinary If you enjoyed our podcast, please subscribe and tell your friends about us. And please stay tuned for our next episode.